بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد So continuing with our study of the 40 hadith of Imam An-Nawawi with the explanation of Shaykh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abbad Today we are going to look at hadith number thir- uh, 38 and that is the narration of Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu within which the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam said Inna Allah ta'ala qal Man aada li waliyan faqad aadhantuhu bilharb the messenger he said that indeed Allah the Most High has said whoever shows hostility to a wali of mine an ally of mine then indeed I have declared war upon him وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ and the slave does not get closer to me with anything more than what I have made mandatory upon him. The slave does not get closer to me more than getting closer to me via those things that I have made mandatory upon him, wajib upon him. وَلَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلْ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ And my slave continues getting close to me by performing the non-mandatory deeds, the nawafil, the supererogatory deeds, my slave continues to get close to me by way of performing the non-mandatory deeds up until I love him. فَإِذَا أَحْبَبْتُهُ كُنْتُ سَمْعَهُ الَّذِي يَسْمَعُ بِهِ وَبَصَرَهُ الَّذِي يُبْصِرُ بِهِ وَيَدَهُ الَّتِي يَبْطُشُ بِهَا وَرِجْلَهُ الَّتِي يَمْشِ بِهَا وَإِنْ سَأَلَنِي لَأُعْطِيَنَّهُ وَلَإِنْ إِسْتَعَاذَنِي لَأُعِيذَنَّهُ So I become, when I, when my, when I end up loving him, when I end up loving my slave, then I become his sense of hearing with which he hears and his sense of sight with which he sees and his hand with which he grips and his leg with which he walks and if he asks me, I will give him and if he asks my protection, I will protect him. The hadith having been recorded in the Sahih of Imam Al-Bukhari, our Sheikh, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abbad's explanation to this hadith is divided into, in, into four very brief 
parts. The first part within which the Sheikh uh, he quotes the initial part of the hadith, Man li waliyan faqad Whoever is hostile to a wali, an ally of mine, then I have declared war upon him. So Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad he says that this hadith is from the Ahadith al Qudsiyah. It's from those Ahadith Qudsiyah, those Ahadith that the uh, Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu salam relays from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He relays the statement from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala separate from the Quran. And Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al Abad he mentions a fa'idah which is relevant to our brothers and sisters that, that can speak Arabic, uh, that Sheikh uh, Imam al-Shawkani, rahimahullah ta'ala, he has an actual, comprehensive, detailed explanation to this hadith. Just this hadith, Imam al-Shawkani has, has an explanation to it, and that book is called Qatrul Wali. Qatrul Wali, Sukoon on the Lamb. Qatrul Wali. بِشَرْحِ حَدِيثِ الْوَلِي قَطْرُ الْوَلِي بِشَرْحِ حَدِيثِ الْوَلِي قَطْرُ الْوَلِي يعني قطر يعني uh, a drop ولي is rain ولي with a سكون on the lamb على كل حال شيخ الإمام الشوكاني has a explanation to this hadith a book that is exclusive to explaining just this hadith likewise what we uh, learn from this hadith and what we need to understand from this hadith is the term wali. Who is a wali? Who is an old from the uh, allies of Allah? Many of us hear this, don't we? So and so, he's from the awliya of Allah. So and so, he's a wali of Allah. Why do they say that he is a wali? Because he performs miracles and so on and so forth. So-called miracles, flying on uh, the, the water or walking on water. Hmm? He's producing things from an empty vessel and things are coming out of it and things like this. Walking on coals. You might find somebody who calls himself a wali and he gets a sword and he pierces it into his belly and there's no harm upon him and so on and so forth. And they say, look, these are from the awliya of Allah. No, that's not correct. If you want to know who is a wali of Allah, then look at the definition in the book of Allah. Allah Jalla wa'ala hasn't left it out. He's given it. He's defined who the wali of Allah is. He said, Ala inna awliya Allah la khawfun alayhim wa yahzanun. Indeed, the allies of Allah, the awliya of Allah, the friends of Allah, those that are close to Allah, upon them is no fear and neither shall they grieve. Who are they? Alladheena amanu wa kanu yattaqoon. Those who have Iman and had Taqwa. Khalas. Now you know the criteria for a man and a woman to be a Wali of Allah. Not someone who walks on coals. Not someone who puts a sword in his belly and says, Look, no harm is being caused to me. Therefore, I'm from the Awliya of Allah. No. It doesn't work like that. Allah Himself, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, has defined it. Who is a Wali of Allah? Number one, you have Iman. Correct Iman. Correct Aqeedah. Number two, you're a person of Taqwa. You're a person of 
taqwa you do what allah has told you to do and you keep away from what allah has made you ha- made haram upon you and the awliya of allah therefore they are of different levels some are closer to allah than others but this is the criteria and thus shaykh al-islam ibn taymiyyah he has said an external benefit he said, "Man kana mu'minan taqiyan kana lillahi waliyan." Halas. Whoever is a believer and is muttaqi, is a man of piety, a woman of piety, then he is a wali of Allah. That's the definition. As for the statement, "Adantuhu bil harb," Allah He said in this hadith Qudsi, "Whoever is hostile to." An ally of mine, a wali of mine, then I have declared war upon him. Meaning I have announced that I am waging war against him, against him, at war with him. And this therefore indicates the danger of being or having hostility towards the awliya of Allah. And that it's from the kabair, it's from the major sins. To have hostility to the awliya of Allah. How many times do you hear from the Salaf? And likewise from later generations. How an imam was lied against. An imam. Hostility was made against him. An imam. War was waged against him. An imam of the sunnah. Or a righteous man even. Maybe not even a scholar. But a righteous person. And then how the tables turned. And what happened as a result? The tables turned. And the person who tried to harm that imam, that scholar or that righteous worshipper. That person himself ended up suffering the consequences. That person himself ended up being in a situation that wasn't praiseworthy. That person himself ended up suffering. So this should be a reminder to myself and everybody else of being careful how we treat the believers, how we treat those people who are people of Iman and Taqwa at the head of them, the ulama. Be careful as to how you treat them. If it's the case that you start to show hostility towards them, then just see what's going to happen to you. That is part number one. Part number two is concerning the statement of Allah Jalla wa ala in this hadith Qudsi. وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّا افْتَرَدْتُوا عَلَيْهِ My slave continues, my slave rather, does not get close to me with something that is more beloved to me than what I have made mandatory upon him. My slave does not get closer to me with something that is more beloved to me than what I have made mandatory upon him. So what does this indicate? Well, this indicates, as Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad, he said, فِي هَذِهِ الْجُمْلَةِ وَمَا بَعْدَهَا بَيَانْ أَنَّ وِلَايَةَ اللَّهِ إِنَّمَا تَحْصُلْ بالتقرب إليه بأداء الفرائض والإتيان مع ذلك بالنوافل Aha. Do you want to become a wali of Allah? You want to attain this allegiance of Allah 
friend of Allah, close to Allah. How do you get there? You get there by doing, number one, those things that are wajib, those things that are fard, those things that are obligatory upon you. Do that first. And then in addition to that, the nawafil, the voluntary deeds. Do the mandatory deeds, the mandatory prayers, whatever mandatory charity that you may have to give, the mandatory fasting. Make sure that is secure and stable. And then add to that the nawafil. Add to that the extra non-mandatory deeds. Likewise, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin, he said, وَهُوَ يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ التَّقَرُّبْ بِأَدَاءِ الْفَرَائِضِ أَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنَ النَّوَافِلِ Ah, what else do we learn from this narration? That Allah, He loves deeds, obviously Allah loves deeds. But which deeds does He love the most? The deeds that Allah loves the most are the mandatory ones. Then those that are supererogatory. So out of the two, which ones does Allah love the most? The mandatory ones. Salat al-Isha, you praying Salat al-Isha, is more beloved to Allah than you praying Tahajjud. You praying Salat al-Fajr is more beloved to Allah than you praying Tahajjud. Therefore, don't pray Tahajjud if it's going to be at the expense of your Salat al-Fajr. Don't pray. A non-mandatory deed, a mandatory prayer, if it's going to be at the expense of a mandatory prayer. First ensure that your mandatory prayer is safe and secure, that you're going to perform it. If it's the case, the ulama, they mentioned this, if it's the case that you leave off a non-mandatory act of worship so that you don't end up jeopardizing a mandatory act, then inshallah ta'ala, that is something that is, uh, uh, you're not blameworthy for. That is not something that you are blameworthy for. So for example, you really want to pray Salat Tahajjud, uh, the night prayer, but you're scared that maybe uh, as a result of this, I know what my sleep pattern has been like recently. Uh, I, need, I know I need to catch up on the sleep. And you have an overwhelming uh, opinion and an overwhelming uh, estimation that your Fajr prayer is going to be jeopardized, that you're not going to get up. In that scenario, you're leaving off that Tahajjud so that you can make sure that you get up for Fajr, that's better for you. So, no, so we also learn from this narration, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin is teaching us that we learn from this, that the mandatory acts of worship are more beloved to Allah than the non-mandatory ones. And likewise, he indicates that the one who does just the mandatory deeds, you can do that. You're not sinful for just performing the mandatory deeds. However, you are now termed as someone who is muqtasid. You are someone who is muqtasid, who is moderate in his worship. He's moderate in his worship. If you're from the other category who does his mandatory deeds, and then he also does and performs nawafil. Then you are from those who are sabiqun bil khayrat. Those who race towards good deeds. That is the second part of the explanation. The third part is concerning the part in the hadith. 
in the hadith Qudsi, when Allah Jalla wa Ala says, وَلَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبْ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلْ حَتَّى أَحَبَّهُ And my slave continues getting close to me by performing the non-obligatory deeds, the nawafil, up until I love him. To the end of the hadith. We've mentioned the hadith or the, uh, the complete hadith at the beginning of the lesson. So Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad, he says, because al-nawafil, he al-itiyan bil-a'mal al-saliha, ziyada ala al-fara'ir, وَفِعْلُهَا مَعَ الْإِسْتِمْرَارِ عَلَيْهَا يَجْلُبْ مَحَبَّةَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِ Nawafil is now an extra righteousness on top of your mandatory deeds. So if you do that, if you do your mandatory deeds and your nawafil deeds, your extra deeds, continuously, that's one point that you have to bear in mind. Allah said, وَلَا يَزَالُوا my slave continues to draw close to me via the nawafid. So you have to have istimrar, continuously performing these non-mandatory deeds. This is going to get the love of Allah. And what more do you want? The love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What more do you want? This is something that is great. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he loves you. As a result of that, what happens? Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad, he says, you don't end up hearing except that which is haq. You don't end up seeing is that except that which is haq. You don't end up, uh, 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 you don't end up attaining anything, not walking to anything, not grabbing anything, except what is haq and what is true. And Allah Jalla wa Ala, what does He do? He honors you in being a person whose dua is answered. He honors you in being a person who seeks refuge and then Allah grants it to him. You hear about this, don't you? From the Salaf and the righteous people. Righteous people who make a dua to Allah and the dua, dua is answered. Likewise, you hear about from the Salaf and the righteous. People who have been in dangerous situations. Perhaps a beast has come in front of them. And they make isti'adha with Allah. They ask Allah to protect them. And what happens? Khalas. Allah Jalla wa Ala ends up protecting them. How do they get this? Because Allah Jalla wa Ala, He has loved them. He has ended up loving them. They've ended up becoming from the close awliya of Allah. The close allies of Allah. And when you become so close to Allah Jalla wa Az, Allah Jalla wa Ala ends up loving you. And when Allah Jalla wa Ala ends up loving you, then you've achieved everything. The greatest status that you can achieve in this life, the highest level of excellence that you can reach in this life, the most noble station that you can ever occupy in this life, is the status of being loved. The station of being someone that is loved. Loved. Not by creation. Not the love that you receive from creation. Not the love that you get from a man or a woman. But rather love that you get and love that you receive from your generous and mighty Lord, the Most High subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
That is the greatest achievement in life to become beloved to him who la ilaha illahu to become beloved to him besides whom there is no true and rightful god beloved to al malik al quddus al salam al mu'min beloved to al muhaymin al aziz al jabbar al mutakabbir beloved to al khaliq al bari al musawwir alladhi lahu al asma al husna Beloved to him who has the most beautiful of names. Beloved to him who has the most perfect of attributes. Allahu Jalla wa'azim loving you. That is in fact the essence of your deen. Allah loving you, that is the nourishment of your soul. Allah loving you, my brother and sister, may Allah make you from those that are beloved to him. That's the core of your happiness. Being loved by Allah, that's the real life. Being loved by Allah, that's the true life. And so if there is a man that is deprived of this love, then he in reality is nothing other than a dead man. Being loved by Allah, it is nur, it's true light. And so the one that is deprived of this light, he's drowning in the seas of darkness and misery. The one who is deprived of the delight of Allah loving him, then his heart, it will transform into something. What will it transform into? If Allah does not love me, if Allah doesn't love you, may Allah protect us from being those people who aren't loved by him. If Allah doesn't love us, then my heart and your heart, it will transform into a habitat of illnesses and a prison of grief and sorrow. Love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the foundation of happiness and the path to success. The foundation of happiness is not and the path to success is not having good health. That is goodness. It's a blessing. But that's not the foundation. The foundation of happiness and the path to success isn't that you are always healthy in a perfect body. Never attacked by any illness. Look at people now. How they're so scared. So scared because of this. COVID-19 and this coronavirus and this pandemic and this hysteria. Look at how scared they are. Not happy. Not at peace. No success to them. Because they think that success is being healthy. Yes, that's a portion of, of goodness in life and portion of ease in life. It's not the foundation, however. The foundation is not in not being diagnosed with COVID-19. The foundation of happiness is not in having a stable business that isn't affected by lockdown. That's not the foundation of happiness and success. The foundation and the, the path to success is just being loved by Allah. If you're loved by Allah, you've got everything. Think about how honored a person feels. When someone mentions you, someone that is important mentions you, Ya Abdullah, mentions you, Ya Amat Allah, 
Imagine a king or a great man of knowledge, a man of respect, someone that holds a lot of status in society. Imagine him mentioning you. You're going to feel honored, aren't you? And if he declares you as a companion, you're going to feel privileged. And if he ends up announcing and declaring his love of you, you're going to become overwhelmed. It's going to be too much for you, isn't it? How about then? If the one who declares his love for you is the one in whose hand is this whole universe, nothing more greater than being loved by Allah, foundation of happiness in life. إِنَّ الشَّأْنَ لَيْسَ أَنْ تُحِبْ وَإِنَّمَا الشَّأْنَ أَنْ تُحَبْ The thing that carries weight, the thing that carries significance, is not that you love. No, that goes without saying. You loving Allah, that goes without saying. But the thing that carries significance, the thing that carries value, true value, the thing that carries weight and significance is that Allah loves you. If it didn't carry any significance, then why did our Prophet say, Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak? Oh Allah, I ask you of your love. Prophet Muhammad said that, alayhi salatu wasalam. Oh Allah, I ask you of your love. I want you to love me. Oh Allah, love me. Prophet Muhammad would ask this. Why? Because he knows that love of Allah is something. That is really significant, really, really high. Something that is meant to be of a matter of concern. And if you realize that being loved by Allah is not something that is cheap, but something that is dear. If you realize that being loved by Allah is not something valueless, but something valuable. If you realize that, then like any other thing that is valuable and, and dear, you have to work for it. You have to earn it. It is not something that is going to be served on a plate for me, on a plate for you, without any effort from me, without any determination from you. No, you have to have effort. You have to have determination. You have to work for it. And if a person truly desires to become beloved to Allah, Allah loving you, then he's going to do what? He's going to search for those paths. He's going to search for those ways and those avenues that will lead him to getting this love of Allah. Because Allah Jalla wa Ala he has actually placed ways and means and methods and mechanisms that cause the heart to return to its state of purity, to return to its state of beauty, to return to its state of light and thus attain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Among the ways that you can get Allah, among the ways that you can get the love of Allah, is by making Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam your leader. Not just in lip service. True leader. Follow him. Copy him. Obey him. Do what he says unconditionally. 
blindly follow the Messenger forget what the culture and the custom and society says make him your imam not just on your tongue in your actions that is one way of attaining love of Allah that you make the Messenger of Allah your imam in ittiba in following follow him blindly follow him unconditionally sallallahu alayhi wasallam number 2 another way of getting this love of allah in, in you upon you is to reflect upon his book allah jalla wa ala said kitabun anzalnahu ilayka mubarakun liyadabbaru ayatihi wa liyatadhakkara ulul albab a book that we have revealed upon you o muhammad a book that is blessed. Why have we revealed it? So that it may be reflected upon. Its ayat can be reflected upon. And the people of understanding will take heed. Quran is not just to be recited for the ajr. That is good. However, the actual purpose, purpose is to reflect upon it. I'm telling you, my brother and my sister, may Allah bless you. If you ponder over the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will have that effect and impact where you will sense this qurb to Allah, this closeness to Allah. And thus Allah Jalla wa Ala, will love you. Another matter, third matter of becoming beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is preferring what Allah loves over what you love. Giving priority what to, to what Allah loves over what you may love, regardless of how much you may love it and desire it and seek it. As we have learned from this hadith, this hadith that we have learned today, that if it's the case, you may love to chill out and relax and, and what have you. You may love to do that. But Allah loves that at that time when you're chilling out and relaxing, that you pray. At that particular time when the prayer comes, Allah loves that you pray it. So leave the chilling and relaxing for those few minutes so that you can do what Allah loves. You love your wealth and don't want to part from it. But Allah loves that you that you give it in charity. Ah, prefer what Allah loves over what you love. And Allah will love you subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another method of acquiring the love of Allah. This I think is the fourth uh, point that we have mentioned. That from the methods of acquiring the love of Allah is knowing Allah, getting to know Allah by knowing His names and His attributes and His actions. The more you learn about Allah, the more you learn about His names because His names tell us about Him. The more you learn about His characteristics and His actions, the more you will for definite love Him because He is a Lord that is lovable the more you learn about him the more you love him because he's generous and he's kind and he's patient and he's soft and he's forgiving and he's powerful and he's mighty and he's wise subhanahu wa ta'ala so the more you learn about him the more you love him as allah jalla wa ala has said in his book min indeed those who truly fear allah are the ulama people of knowledge those who know Allah Jalla wa Az. another method and a way 
of acquiring the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and attaining the love of Allah. This is, I believe, maybe number five. Is by thinking and reflecting over his favors to you. Because if you were to consider those continuous, ongoing, non-stop favors that you are con 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 continuously and constantly and consistently receiving, your heart's going to become moved. And your heart's going to become overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just think about it. The blessings that we take for granted. You know, just uh, about half an hour, one hour ago, I was talking to one of my beloved brothers in South Africa. One of the brothers that I knew from Medina. He was we were in the year together, in the same year together. One of my beloved dear brothers. And he's mentioning to me, we were talking, and I asked him about how it is in South Africa, where he is living in the area that he's living. And he's telling me some people, they are so poor, that one of his students, he says, he's living in a shack. He's living, and when I say this, just think about the house, the flat, the apartment, even the bedsit that you may be living in, okay? He said that this brother, he's living in a shack, the roof of which is like that corrugated metal that you get. Hot town. Imagine when he's in that shack, how much heat he is going to have to withstand because of him having no form of coolness. Metal insul metal uh, is a conductor. It brings in the heat. يعني. So he's going to be in a very hot situation. The brother, he said to me, I said, is it safe? He said, there's gunshots. يعني, two days ago, there was gunshots in the neighborhood. There's gangs and there's drugs and there's alcohol and there's murder. Innocent kids are getting shot because of bullets from gangs shooting each other all around them. So compare that now to you. Are you living in a house with maybe a house that's made out of bricks? Hmm? You've got a roof over your head. You Perhaps you've got insulation. Think about why Allah has put you in that situation or not in those other situations. Allah is so kind to us, so generous to us. Subhanahu. We've got food. We've got, if we get ill, those of us that live in the England, European countries and so on and so forth. If we do get ill in this whole coronavirus situation, then there are at the end of the day, some, uh, 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 there is a setup for us at the end of the day. There are doctors and hospitals and ventilators and so on and so forth. How about others that aren't in that situation? Allah Jalla wa'ala, He's so good continuously, continuously so good and generous to us subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what should you do? You should think about those blessings that you are continuously a recipient of. Because when you think about it, your heart will become moved, moved and overwhelmed with that love. And as I said, when that love is in your heart and you think about the blessings, then the love is going to become magnified. It's going to become bigger. And then the magnification of that love will cause you. It will push you 
to express gratitude to Allah and helplessness before Allah. And all of that is then going to open the doors. And what's going to come through those doors? Love of Allah for you. And that is why the messenger, he would say when he would go to his bed, he would think about the blessings of Allah. He would say, Alhamdulillah, alladhi, alladhi at'amana, wa saqana, wa kafana, wa awana, fakam mimman la kafilahu, wa la munwi, wa la mu'wi. All praise belongs to Allah, the one who fed us, the one who gave us drink, the one who has sufficed us, the one who has sheltered us. Because how many there are who don't have anyone to suffice them and don't have anyone to shelter them? Let us reflect upon the blessings of Allah. If we do so, then that will for definite bring about love of Allah for us. Likewise, we'll mention this lastly from the means of attaining the love of Allah is sitting with pious and righteous people, accompanying the people of Iman, people of Sunnah, people of Istiqamah, benefiting from their good statements that they make, being affected by their good actions that they perform, observing their beautiful manners and their and they find etiquettes and no doubt this point is something that we're all going to appreciate now and realize how much of it we took for granted before. So bi'idhnillah, when this lockdown, it finishes and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hasten the lifting of this lockdown worldwide. Once it is lifted, then let us raise to goodly companionship. These are some of the ways that we attain this love of Allah that Allah Jalla wa'ala mentions in this hadith Qudsi. And no doubt, there are going to be signs, there are going to be indications that indicate that Allah loves a person. What are some of those signs? Among those signs is that you are a believer, that you have Iman. As the Messenger said in that narration recorded by Imam Abi Dawood, declared Sahih by Imam Al-Albani, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يُعْتِي الْمَالِ مَنْ أَحَبْ وَمَنْ لَا يُحِبْ وَلَا يُعْتِي الْإِيمَانِ إِلَّا مَنْ يُحِبْ Indeed Allah, He gives wealth to those whom He loves and those whom He doesn't love. But He only gives Iman to those whom He loves. Ah. So have you got a lot of money? No, don't worry. Have you got Iman? Yes, okay. That there is a sign, that there is an indication that bi'idhnillah, you're a person who is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for not having wealth, then no big deal. As the Messenger said in another narration recorded by Imam Tirmidhi, declared Hassan by Imam Al-Albani, إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا حَمَاهُ الدُّنْيَا كما يظل أحدكم كما يظل أحدكم يحمي سقيمه الماء. If Allah loves a slave, He protects him from the dunya. Just like one of you continues to protect his ill person from water. Somebody is ill. You know that if you give him water or maybe a certain type of food, 
He's going to become more ill. It's going to aggravate the illness. What do you do? You don't give him the water. Why do you not give him the water? Because you love that ill person. Your wife or your husband or your child. You don't give him the water or a food item because you know it might aggravate the illness. Out of your love for him, you prevent him from that. Just in a similar fashion, Allah may prevent the dunya from, from you. My brother and my sister, may Allah bless you. He may prevent the dunya from you. Why? Out of love for you. He knows that that dunya may be a fitna for you. So he prevents it from you. And likewise, being gentle. Being gentle is also a sign of you being beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Being beloved to Allah. From that is the narration, إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا أَعْطَاهُ الرِّفْقِ If Allah loves a person, He gives him a rifq, He gives him gentleness. So all of these, there are signs, and there are many more, many signs, many indications of a person being beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, at the same time, a person shouldn't become self-satisfied with his good deeds. A person shouldn't become such that, ah, I'm, I'm a believer. Okay, that's one sign. Um, I don't have much dunya. That's another sign. Uh, I'm a kind and gentle person on the most part. Okay, so may, so the khalas, Allah for definite loves me. No, 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 no. At the same time, you have to balance it. Balance it. Balance it with what? I don't know what my end is going to be. You don't know what your end is going to be. You balance it. I hope I'm sincere. Maybe I'm not being sincere. You don't know if you're being sincere or not. Only Allah knows for definite. You have to balance it. I hope I'm not being amazed with myself. And so on and so forth. Sheikh Muqbil rahimahullah ta'ala. The great imam of Yemen. Sheikh Muqbil rahimahullah. The great beloved imam of Yemen. His daughter would, uh, she said that uh, about her father, and this is a faida that I, um, uh, it's mentioned in his biography, but the translation of it, you can find it in uh, one of the, our uh, Ustad and Sheikh Mustafa George. Mustafa George, he has translated this statement that I'm going to share with you. Uh, and it's it's going to be on his Twitter account, inshallah ta'ala. I just came across this tweet today, and I'd like to share it with you. The translation from our brother and Ustad Mustafa George, hafizahullah. Sheikh Muqbil would repeatedly say, I am deficient. Okay, we're talking about Sheikh Muqbil, not people like me and you, just, no, Imam Muqbil. He would say, I am deficient. He would say, I am not pleased with myself. He also informed us that when grey hairs began to appear on his beard, he became sad. And he said, what have I done for Islam and the Muslims? Deeming his deeds to be minimum. He also said about the appearance and spread of the da'wah, of the correct da'wah at his hands. He would say, this is something which Allah wanted. It is not due to our strength or eloquence, nor due to our abundant knowledge and wealth. This is a nice statement and statements from Sheikh Muqbil, rahimahullah ta'ala, indicating what? Look how these imams are 
humble. They are not people who are imbalanced, thinking, khalas, look at what I've done and achieved. Allah loves me. La, it doesn't work like that. Balance it. You have hope in Allah, but at the same time, you don't become amazed with yourself and you fear an evil end for yourself. Tamam, barakallahu feekum. Jazakumullah khair for uh, attending and listening. Insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll close at this point. And insha'Allah next week, we will mention and we'll look at part number four, which as usual, the last part is a summary of the benefits of this great hadith, hadith Qudsi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows best. Wa sallallahu ma'ala nabiyyina Muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.